What's up, everybody? Thank you for tuning in once again to the Unofficial Therapy Podcast. This is Chris Kane, and I am happy to have you guys with me today. Today's topic is something I think we can all relate to. I think it's something that really defines, one, what this podcast is about, and two, kind of the age we're in in general. I've, I've heard a lot of people describe this time as the information age, which is mostly because of the internet, but also because of the outrageous amount of sharing we have from every social network platform, Facebook, Instagram, Tinder, I guess is that social media, I don't know, um, Snapchat, all these things that we are always on, it's just constant flow and sharing of information. And so as a result, you know, people are, see more information, so I guess they know more information. This is a double-edged sword because people also know less information too because sometimes people are bombarded with things that seem like information but aren't real. So I guess it's that part too. But um, I saw a quote recently that I never, it's, it's very simplistic in how it's written, but it's very profound in its impact. And I think it it speaks to, obviously my experience, because I'm talking about it now, but I really think it speaks to most of our experiences, meaning the, you guys, the ones who are listening. And the quote is, we each walk our own path so we can learn and share those lessons with others. Right? That it, that's, isn't that what life is? Like we live our life, we go through experiences, and then we share them with other people. And then our successes, we try to pass on. Dude, I studied this way and got the best grade I ever got on the test. Or mistakes. Hey, if he tells you he might be an alcoholic, he might be. And don't date him because alcoholics are destructive to everybody around them, right? And we just, we do this so fluidly. I don't think we even realize it's happening. Sometimes it happens through hearsay. You ever be eavesdropping on somebody's conversation? I have. I'll admit it. <laughs> and someone's saying something really profound or really deep, and you're just like, let me just go ahead and siphon off some of that info real quick. That wasn't even built for me. I just was here at the time. I went ahead and got me some of that. And I think... What we become as people, to a very large degree, I did a podcast, I don't know, maybe six months ago about nature versus nurture, and this is something scientists for a long time have tried to determine which one determines more about who we are, and all the research I've seen seems to suggest that it's not a 50-50 split, but both are factors, um, which seems obvious, but sometimes people say, oh, you have your Parents is a humor, even though you never were raised around them, right? So sometimes there's things that are just inbreeding you that may seem nature and and, and nature. But um, sometimes it's about being fortunate. Like we're all around people. So we're around people who have experiences who try to impart that wisdom to us. But if the nature you're around is, or I guess the nurture you're around, I'm trying to figure out which one is the people who I guess aren't birth to you, whatever, the people who are around you, who are giving you information, who are trying to tell you their stories, the quality of their stories, to a large degree, shapes who you are, right? And so, and sometimes the exact opposite works too. We all know that like the story of the rose that grew in the concrete, right? So sometimes you would assume if I grew up around all business people and really affluent people that that should make me more prone to be those things. But there's also the opposite effect where if you're around those people, you may take it for granted. 
and you just kind of, I don't know, brush the information off. It almost becomes white noise. Yes, I understand how the stock market works. Yes, I understand about balancing checkbooks. You just like blah, blah, blah. And you just kind of push it off to the side. And sometimes if you're around people who are bad influences, their bad lifestyle is in and of itself a lesson and that I don't want to be what this person is. And so I'm going to work really hard to go the opposite direction to make sure I'm not this person that is trying to tell me, man, you got to put on two condoms. That's how you stay real safe. <laughs> there were people at one point in our childhoods. I said, look, some of y'all are laughing right now because there was some three or four year older dude in you who told you to wear two condoms because that was safer than one. And it was like, oh, that makes sense. Two is better than one. It's like this, this guy, <laughs> this guy. But like I used to have, um, I've lived in a lot of like, you know, bad neighborhoods. And so I've lived around a lot of dudes who did high school and then like got out. I grew up around a lot of dudes who didn't even finish high school. And that's, that's crazy. Like you never expect, and I guess when you're like in sixth grade, you never think that you're going to meet a dude who got to like sophomore year in high school and just was like, nah, I, I didn't, I'm, I'm done and just be out. Um, but it's true. A lot of people do. And because of that, like you, when you encounter it, you're almost like, dude, are you okay? Like this and that. And then they did tell you their story. Yeah, man, you know, I was just trying to out here get some money or sometimes, you know, something's bad. Like some death in the family happened. They kind of went sideways, but never got back on the right track. You ask them now, okay, well, you didn't finish high school. What are you doing now? And it's like, oh, I work for UPS. I'm an Uber driver or, you know, I'm just kind of just kind of cooling out for a little bit, trying to figure it all out. And you as a 12, 13-year-old is like, I don't I don't know, do you? Aren't you like 24? What do you mean cooling out? Like, shouldn't you be done with college, starting whatever career you're supposed to be doing? And again, not everybody goes on that path, but at 12, 13, that's what you think. And you say, well... I don't want that. And even parents use this strategy. Don't be like Paul. You know, Paul dropped out in junior year. And you're like, oh, yeah, I don't want to be like Paul. And so you you got something valuable from Paul, even though I guess he wasn't intentionally trying to teach you. But his experiences were a good teacher. This is, um, I brought this up before. But this is something that I, I guess take from my parents in a large degree. I don't, I can't think of too many life lessons my parents have like sat and told me i don't think my mom's ever sat and said here's a lesson and <laughs> i don't know if any parent does it like that but like any if any information i've gotten from her was just like through the grapevine it was just her talking and me just absorbing stuff but i don't think it was ever said like this is how things should be this is how life should go other than you know if you go grab a toy from a toy box put it back you know those are like little responsibility lessons but um, between either of my parents, their lives were the biggest lessons and teachers for me. And it wasn't anything they've ever said or done. I watch how hard they work. I watch how much struggle they've had. I watch, I guess on some level, how unfulfilled their lives have been. And if you see them walk around, you know, they don't, they're not degenerous, they're not upset, sad people. But they definitely, if you saw them at, I don't know, 15 and said, what do you want to be when you're 50? They would be like, oh, man, I'm going to be X, Y, and Z. And they'll, you know, have all this exuberance and hope, you know. And then if you interview them like 35 years later, hey, 
you're 50 now. How's life go? I think it would be disappointing for them for the most part. And so I've got a chance to watch them just growing up and see them, you know, reminisce about the past, talk about the things they wish they had done. My dad's told me on probably at nine different occasions that I can remember like off the top of my head, man, I wish I would have went to school. I should have gone to college, man. Because he's smart. He's smart. He's a bright guy. Tons of skills. Just didn't go to school. And I don't know if, he, if getting a degree would have necessarily like moved them in a better direction. Like maybe he would have gone to be an architect or something. I think he has the capacity to do that. But um, if he just got a general education, just a, de- a degree in communications, would he be better off? I don't know. He probably wouldn't have the regret, I guess. But I don't know if he wouldn't be doing what he's doing now. Um, and my mom has her regrets about being a singer and you know having kids, and she was a pageant girl and all that good stuff, right? So, um, there's something there's there's lessons in their daily experiences. Like when I call my dad and he's out in the road, he's like in Indiana or something. Say, so, hey, Dad, what's going on? Oh, no, I'm in Indiana. Ah, man, the snow is crazy around here, but I gotta take a quick little thirty minute nap and turn around and head down to Atlanta. And I was like, one time it's a low dude. He's like, oh, I was doing like nine hours, but it's like a seven and a half hour drive. And then, you know, it's going to be traffic. So it's going to be a push, but I got to make it. And it's like, all right, well, that sounds awesome, I guess. Like, yeah, I'm, I'm pretty tired, but maybe I'll find a radio station with a basketball game on. And that'll be, yeah, at least I can hear the game. And it's like, that's the silver lining part. That's how he kind of manages the day. And that's how he gets through it. But as I'm listening to it, I'm like, you know, he's driving through snow and sleet and dangerous conditions and kind of rushing to drop off Chewy Bars, which is actually a thing he does deliver a lot. And when he gets extras, he brings them home and we get to eat them. It's delicious. But uh, uh, I'm delivering Chewy Bars to Atlanta and then I get to I get to rest for two hours before I get, get my next load somewhere in Nashville. And then the whole process starts all over again and then you wonder what's at the end of the road like where where does this experience end and i guess it's a situation that you know their lives are in it's mostly based on i guess not planning and also not maybe going for what the dream was to its fullest and obviously kids <laughs> do a number of two dreams and stuff and um it's it's a it's a it's a daily experience to talk to my my parents and like I'm still trying to find find a way to fly my mom out of California so she can get the experience of flying for the first time. I'm still working on that. Um like one financially but also schedule wise and then her schedule and then once we get out of here I'm not gonna just have her fly out here and then sit on the couch. Like we gotta plan stuff out aside from that. So but it those are those are lessons. And I've got I've been blessed to have a number of people who weren't my parents, give me lessons just, I don't know, just just because. This is one of the beauties of being a trainer. Because people ask, What's, you've been a trainer for a long time, you ever get tired of it? And it's like, yeah, sometimes, I guess, the grind of being in a gym, of trying to find new clients, retaining clients is annoying sometimes because they get flaky and start spending money on shoes and then they can't buy training. It's like, well, you don't need more shoes. I mean, you're training already. But... One of the cool things is that you get to be around a lot of different people who have a lot of different backgrounds. Uh, 
both in ethnicities and finances, and some are single, some are married, some are immigrants, all that good stuff. And just being around such a diverse group of people all the time, you get a lot of knowledge from people you would never think to get knowledge from sometimes. You get like a 16-year-old client who's just like, they don't know anything. They're 16. Like, even if you have an old soul, you haven't you live at home. You haven't experienced anything. But that 16-year-old may say something like, hey, man, how's your podcast going? Ah, you know, I'm still thinking about it. Thinking about it? Bro, do it. What's stopping you? Just put it out there. I'll listen. And then it's like, yeah, it's just, it seems so simple when you're 16. Yeah, of course. Just do it. What, what's stopping you? You got mom and dad over your shoulder. Like, you're still in school. You barely have a car. You can't even drive at night. <laughs> but sometimes that, simplic- that simplistic children type advice resonates. And you're like, what is stopping me? Is it a fear of failing? Is it a fear of it not working out? Is it some catastrophized thing I've put in front of me thinking if I do it, it doesn't go well? This, that, like, what it, sometimes it's, man, just do it. And you need a kid to tell you that. Because as I know from my, my own experience, some of you guys may have the same experience. I don't always listen to older people, even though they've lived more life than me. And that's dumb. You should respect your elders. You should at least listen to the elders, even if you don't take all the advice. Most of them mean well. Some of them are haters, but most of them mean well. And they're older than you, so there's probably some wisdom there. But, you know, younger kids tend to think they know everything. It's the information age. I know more than you. You thought so-and-so happened in 1975. It actually happened in 1977. Dummy. I read it on Google. And that's how a lot of kids are. But, um... I've had a lot of clients with a, with a lot of different life, man. Like uh, almost all the older men I have are married. And I'm just getting marriage tips and lessons on the reg, man. And they just, they just, it's really just them talking about their marriage is me siphoning off knowledge. They don't, <laughs> the only advice they tell me is not to get married, which I think is the funniest thing in the world. I'm like, dude, you're married. But um, they'll just tell you like different stories about, how they keep the romance, how they like vacation, how they surprise their wife, um, the dumbness of the fights, how they typically know the right thing to do and sometimes intentionally do the wrong thing. Just to, you know, just just because things are monotonous sometimes. It's like, you know what? She's mad at me right now, but I love you, mad for a couple of days. I kind of wanted to watch the game. <laughs> I kind of want to watch the game anyway, and if she's not talking to me, I just sit in the den and watch the game, and then I'll apologize. I'll take her out probably to, you know, Nobu or something. She likes their shish kebabs, and then we'll just go from there. And it's just a a a, a, a race, man. You're 30 years into a marriage, dude. Like, what else are you fighting about? You fought about everything, about where to live, how much money to make, like wait, like wayward eyes, like that outfit. You're putting on weight. You need to lose weight. Um You've done all this stuff before, so all the fights are just petty now. It's like, oh, did you put the the Mrs. Dash in this? I told you I didn't like that flavor, and it's like, well, why don't you cook? <sighs> it's just it's all stupid stuff. But you learn a lot from just listening to them talk, because that's what most of my job is. Is all right, I can write a program for you, and then as we're doing exercises, people are just talking, and. Most of what I know about women, I've learned from talking to women, right? Because when I talk to guys, we're all talking the same way. Like, you know, this is how we think women are. 
and then you talk to women, and some of that stuff is true, what we think is actually true. And then a lot of it is, I never would have thought of that, or the idea of how you did this. I just got done, uh, my one of my clients just finished building a gym of some sort. It's more like a, um, like a Pilates and pole dancing kind of facility, but it's whatever, it's a gym, it's in the gym family. And... She wanted me to see the spot. It's like, come through, come see the finished product. I was like, all right, cool, I'll come through. And I came in. I liked the way like the glass was set up and the walls were had like fake wood on them. And I was like, all right, like, this is kind of dope. And she's like, you know the best part? I'm thinking she's going to say the poles are reinforced and look at these these banisters are beautiful. She's like, you got to check out the bathroom. <laughs> and I was like, oh, I'll check out the bathroom. We walk in the bathroom, and there's an aquarium in the bathroom. Like, the right wall is like a half aquarium. And it's got, like, these, like, electric blue, I don't know, foam things in there with little real fish in there. And I just looked at it. I was like, you have an aquarium in the bathroom? And she's like, isn't it amazing? And I'm not going to lie to you, it was. I just looked at it and said, I never would have thought to put a aquarium in a bathroom i don't even how much time do you spend in the bathroom to need an aquarium here like is this good for the fish i don't know like i'm not a i'm not a fish expert but and then there was like other little things like you know when you walk near a toilet i know what it's called but some of y'all like you're being dumb you don't know what things are called when you walk near the toilet as this like motion sensor and like the a backlight shines into the toilet and the light was like magenta color and i was like you got this magenta activated light, like the this the mirror to wash your face had like a touch screen to make the backlight of the mirror pop up, and I was just like, "This is so dope." I don't know how much you spent on that bathroom. That aquarium looked mad expensive, but it was just like the detail and the idea of it, the feeling of it. Because what she went for is the feeling. We discussed it at nauseum because I was. You know, caught up. I'm like, why? Why'd you do this? What were, what were you inspired by? And she went to like Sea World or something. They had something like that. And she was just like, I knew it was improbable. I knew it was expensive, but I knew I, I knew it would stand out. I knew it would have a feeling when you were in there. And I wanted people to have a feeling when they were here. Outside of the fact that it's a facility and people pole dancing and stuff, like when you're, I go wash my face. You walk in, you can't help but see the aquarium and. I think there's been studies that like aquariums and fish calm people down and stuff when they have anxiety and stuff. And so it's just like, what other bathroom would you go in that has this? Is that worth a membership? I don't know. Maybe for some people, it's definitely something worth talking about. It's also definitely memorable. And it was just, and she was so excited, like a little kid. And this is something I've learned from women. It's just the amount of thought and detail that goes into everything. Like I've planned things out for people and I thought, all right, yeah, I covered my bases. And then if you're playing something with a woman, you realize how many more things you just didn't consider. And um, it's actually kind of embarrassing <laughs> how little our contribution is due to this sometimes. We're like, all right, well, we did it. He's like, did it? Um, You didn't think about this, 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 and that. And then you're like, oh, damn, I didn't, I didn't think about any of that stuff. And so by being around women for as long as I have been, all that stuff's rubbed off on me to the point where when I do stuff, it's it's planned out. It's it's super thorough. And then other dudes see it like, dang, man, you thought of everything, man. You 
you missed the preparation, Mr. Cub Scout. And I'm like, I'm not Mr. Cub Scout. This is, I guess I'm whatever the female version of a Cub Scout is. I don't know what they are. I don't, I was never a scout, but it's, this is the influence of them. This is what, this is what I was taught. And I remember the feeling and ambiance of being in their houses and like the idea of having like sense that complement each other in the house at the same time. I don't know. That was, I'm a dude. I was foreign to me. I would just get one plug in, boom, in the wall, whatever that smell is, we're riding with it. Then the idea of, all right, this room smells like cedar wood, and this room smells like tobacco, and this room smells like this, but those smells together smell, have their own distinct smell. And it was like, yeah, I wanted my bathroom to have this scent because this happens, and my room smells like this. And it's just like, I don't know how y'all have time to think about that stuff, really, but I'm thankful. And it makes you, just, it makes you want to be better. It makes you want to be on top of your game more. Even like the way like I match when I wear clothes. I'm a dude. And I'm a black dude. So you got to be on top of your match game. But I think on some level, we got a lot of that stuff from being around women and stuff. To watch the bra and panty match the like beret or the hair bow that girls have. Then the, the toenail polish matches. And it's just like, man, this is so... Then it's accessorized by this wrist, you know jewelry and this it's just so many elements to it and you see it and you're just like you can't help but respect it and then you want to approximate it in some way or fashion and um you know i think that makes it makes you step your game up that's that's the that's the the best compliment i can give to women is that being around them in the capacity i have been has made me step my game up not like in some I was in misogynist and I'm not kind of way because that's what the media wants people to do and think and stuff. But more like when I thought I had done enough or I thought I had done a good, thorough job, a lot of times I had a woman come along and be like, yeah, this is solid. This, this is maybe a solid B effort. Here's what we can do to get it to an A. And then once you kind of get the the rhythm and flow of it, then I could, that's you start branching out. Like, like, let me go do this on my own. And then a woman's like, oh, wow, you really went all in. I don't have any more to add. And I say, all right, cool. You know, I kind of arrived. But that's inspiration. So I want you guys to take a moment this week, if you can, to think about the people who've inspired your lives, people whose whose lives have, who've, sorry, whose lives have helped shape what your life is and people who have made you especially want to be better. I think those are the biggest impacts in our life. Usually people that have like a teacher teacher, like a school teacher, who says, man, you believed in me as a freshman, and then I did the major you were in, and then I became this. That's a lot of people's story. Sometimes, you know, it's a cousin, sometimes a friend, sometimes it's somebody random. I've been inspired by people on TV who I don't even know. They're just talking. And I'm like, man, that's a dope story. Or... Man, they overcame a lot. And look at their attitude. Can my attitude be better? Yeah, probably. I'm complaining about, I don't know, not having protein powder in the house, which is a real complaint. I had didn't have protein for like a week. I don't know what was going on in my life. But, yeah, it's, it's, just think about and reflect on the people who've inspired you. And the person that kind of shaped you to be, 
the better version of yourself. And if that person is somebody who you know and you can get in contact with, then I would reach out to them and thank them. I say, hey, I don't, I don't, I don't know if I ever told you, but uh, you inspired me to eat better, to stop drinking, to I don't know, watch more documentaries, or pick up a trade or a skill. Because I saw you and I thought it was awesome what you were doing, and I want to thank you for inspiring me. And hopefully, this podcast has inspired some of you. I will see you guys next time. Thank you for listening. As always, repost, tell your friends, family, all that good stuff. I will see you guys next time. Deuces.